The Healthy Charleston podcast is brought to you by Made to Move Physical Therapy. Made to Move Physical Therapy specializes in helping you get out of pain and get back to doing what you love. We offer relationship-oriented, one-on-one, individualized care to all of our clients, and we believe in putting the patient's needs first. If you'd like to work with me or any of our other physical therapists at Made to Move, check out the link in the show notes and get 10% off of your first session. We have locations throughout Charleston, Mount Pleasant, West Ashley, Somerville, and Daniel Island. Don't waste another day stuck in your pain. Follow the link and schedule an appointment today. Welcome to the Healthy Charleston Podcast, where we help you take ownership of your health and fitness. My name is Hannah, and I am here to be your source of accurate health and fitness information while spreading awareness about all of the different health and fitness resources available to you in the Charleston area. Be sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Healthy Charleston Podcast. This is your host, Hannah. And as your host, it's my goal to give you accurate, realistic, and simple health information that you can start using today to improve your health. So you may have heard our episode a few months ago with Mike Kelleher. He is one of the new owners of Charleston Soccer Club, and he actually came to me about a month ago, and we've been kind of working together with his club, with his players, with his coaches to really help improve and help them avoid injuries, help them stay active, improve performance, all those things. And he came to me personally, and he was like, hey, I think I want to, I'm going to run this marathon. Can you help? So we sat down a couple weeks ago and kind of went over a lot of things, went over his training plan, uh, introduce him to strength training, which is really exciting. And he is running this marathon for a few great causes. Um, one is sarcoma UK. Other one is get kids going and then the local leukemia and lymphoma society. And so he is doing this really cool way to fundraise. I'm going to let him tell you all about that. So today we talk about kind of what led him to want to do his first marathon, Um, A little bit of an update on Charleston Soccer Club, how the last few months have been, the charities and what that looks like to fundraise for them. And then we get into a little bit of of his training, what he's doing, what he's learned. So really excited for him. This was awesome and enjoy. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Hannah. How you doing? I'm very good, thanks. How are you? It's the Monday before Christmas, right? It is, yeah. Somehow. Yeah. Yeah. You got all your shopping done? Almost. I think yeah. 90%. Almost there. Okay. What do you still have left to get? Going back to England. So a couple of bits for the family over there. So, yeah. But I, I don't want to be too descriptive. Right. Well, they'll know by the time they hear this. But, but Hopefully, obviously, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Will you finish your shopping in England or are you doing it here? I want to get it finished here before we're going over and just enjoy the Well, the you holidays. have like 24 hours, right? Yes, true. <laughs> so true. good luck. Yeah, thank yeah. you. We'll make sure to wrap up fast so you can get on Amazon. Yes. So I know a few months ago, probably like May or June, we had you on the podcast to introduce you as the new CEO of Charleston Soccer Club. And then today we are talking about something exciting that's a little bit more personal, but I'd love to first just get an update on what the last few months, kind of like your first season of owning Charleston Soccer Club has been like. Yeah, it's been very rewarding. I think we we got to a place where, you know, the first question was, could it be sustainable? Is this going to be a good business venture? Uh, you know, to put it in blunt terms, I suppose. But yes, Derek Broadley and I have been happy with the results so far, happy with the support we've had, certainly from the community. One of the biggest concerns we had was was facility maintenance, and you know, which neither of us have any great background in. But I've got to be honest, you know, Derek in particular has stepped up 
as have a number of you know businesses, companies, parents within our community. And it's it's you know we're looking forward to a great future. That's awesome. When you say facilities management, what exactly do you mean? Looking after the fields, uh, okay. basically the, the fields that the kids are playing on week in, week out, making sure that they're, you know, and training on week in, week out. People come and see the games and, oh, you know, that field doesn't look great, but we, we might have trained on that five nights a week. Oh, man. Uh, so, yeah. you know, multiple teams, we have 47 teams, so they're all training three times a week. So it's it's making sure those fields are, are durable and, and continue to be played on. And, and I was fortunate enough through you know, I suppose my previous job life uh, with the battery mm-hmm. to have uh, a great contact in Possums uh, and Bill who works for Possums. And, and so that, that's that's a field maintenance company. That oh, it's like, and, and are Possums us, involved yeah, in this? Yeah, no, no, that's the name of the company. So, so no, they've been <laughs> a great resource as well to help us, you know, understand, you know, are we going to have a fields that are of the quality of the Charleston battery? No, but are we going to yeah. have fields that are going to be durable, good enough to play on? So, They've come on a long way since, since you know, I look back 12 months ago when I was, you know, coaching my kids and, and the, the pitches and the fields that we have are, are uh, you know, get, getting on the right track to be where we want them to be. So that, that's that's the biggest, you know, the, the soccer side. I think, you know, Derek and I have been in the game a long, long mm-hmm. time. I think we, we understand that piece quite well. It was just, you know, this this was always the the risk, I suppose, of, of coming into this. Yeah. I, I don't think I'd ever think about the like maintaining the fields, but you're so right, obviously, like you're playing on them constantly and it's something that's so important. But when I think of a, a soccer club, I'm I'm not like, oh, who's going to maintain the fields? I just kind of assume that that's like yeah. figured out, right? Yeah. No, that, that's obviously, that's your office, that's your place of work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that, that's important to have that right. Yeah, definitely. So what are some of the things that you feel like y'all accomplished kind of in this first season? And then what can we, what are you looking forward to for the spring? I think it was uh, accomplished. It was letting people know that, you know, there was, a, a, I guess, a degree of instability leading us up to our taking over the club. So so it was a really uh, letting people know we're here to stay and, and our, our intentions are for the good of the game. You hear this phrase a lot, but it, it genuinely is. You know, people ask, well, how long are you going to be doing it? Well, I have a, a daughter who's 10 years old yeah. who's who's playing in the club and she has no reason to quit right now and or doesn't, you know, she tells me she still wants to play. So, you know, I'm, I think I've got at least another six, seven, eight years with her being in the club. Yeah. So, but, but beyond that, I think, you know, it's, I'm, I'm, we're certainly enjoying it. We're enjoying, you know, what we do. And, and I think we're bringing in years of experience of, of doing it at a, you know, a very high level, I would say, you know, about, you know, going too much into that. But, but you know, both of us have come from a background of, of working in youth soccer at, at the highest level. So hopefully to, to portray that in Charleston as well. Yeah, I know there was definitely a a positive reaction to y'all taking over. I mean, you had a big influx for you call them evals, but like tryouts, the right? Tryouts, yeah, 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 yeah. No, we did. Again, you didn't know what what it was going to be like, and and that's the part of the nature of running the, this this business is is there's the fluctuation of you know we we have players now to the end of April. We hope they all come back. We we'd like to think we're doing a good enough job that they all come back, and we hope more come and be part of it as well. But you don't know, so it, it's. That's part of, I suppose, my side of running the budget of what we do and, and making sure that we're, we're accounting for all possibilities and, and eventualities. Yeah. And then, you know, in April, May, all the seniors leave, right? So it's like you have that yeah, like, replacement yeah. too. Yeah. So it, and, and that's the nature. That's, that's no different to an, an academy in, in England where, you know, the under 18s are either you hope they're going to go and play in the first mm-hmm. team or, or they're, they're unfortunately, you know, the, the next crop comes in and it's their time is up. So it's, it's no different in yeah. that respect. How is West Ham doing this year? 
uh, doing very well at the moment yeah. and hopefully we still are when, uh, yeah, when, <laughs> when, when this goes yeah. out because I'm, I'm at the game on Saturday West Ham Manchester United oh, great. So, oh that's so fun yeah looking nice. forward to that and, and the, t- yeah, the team's doing really well I've enjoyed uh, following them this season for the most part there's always yeah. West Ham always does something to let you down and oh, but that, but that's how don't it don't they all life. though that's <laughs> so, just like sports in general enjoying that piece yeah well I'll say for anyone listening we posted a podcast probably was it may or june just about more about mike taking over the club what that journey was like and then also his background so make sure to listen to that so i think it was it was a, like a month ago you emailed me or texted me and you were like hey i think i'm doing this thing can you help and i was like oh okay so can you tell us what that thing was? Yeah, so the big news, Hannah, is is that I will be running the London Marathon in April of next year. Super exciting. Very exciting. Yeah, it's it's been a, I guess, a lifelong ambition, though I haven't, you know, people ask, what do you want to do? You know, I've never, I don't think I've ever really said it out loud, but I've always yeah. kind of, if, if I was ever going to run a marathon, that was the one I wanted to run because in the early 80s, and I'm dating myself <laughs> incredibly now, but but I was, the race was run for the first time. Uh, it was run about part of the course went two or three streets behind where my aunt used to live. My aunts used to live, and we walked to to watch it. So we went to see it, and, and it was incredible. And and it's you know you've got people right, you know people in wheelchairs, you've got people with one leg doing the course, and and, and incredible stories. You see people, you know, you know you you watch it, it's now the the common theme across the world. But but it was I think it was one of the earliest marathons, probably. I'm sure the New York predates it, but I, you know, I'm not a big marathon guy, as that's hence me getting in touch with you, <laughs> Hannah. Um, but but no, it was it, it sort of inspired me a little bit to think, yeah, maybe one day I could do that. And I felt like the window was closing a little bit, and and now I'm 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 been accepted. Now we'll be running the marathon in April. Yeah, it's super exciting. Yeah, and that's uh, end of April, right? April 21st is the date that is embedded in my head. Right and now. yeah, no, I bet you're just like yeah. counting down. Yeah. So how did all of this? start how did you decide that this was the year and you were going to do it well it, it came about so i have a cousin in in the uk who uh, unfortunately had sarcoma but she's now in remission so she's she's on her way to recovery and her siblings ran and, she, and she's doing a lot of fundraising and, and uh for for the charity sarcoma uk her siblings had run it uh she's involved in it this year um her husband's run it running it as well former West Ham player oh, Ryan oh, Andrews wow. so he got he played up to under 18s with them so we've been in, in connection and contact and and my girlfriend uh, Michelle she's a big runner she has run a marathon before run a number of half marathons she one day she she texted me and said I've done a thing I've, I've applied to get into the marathon <laughs> last summer so via sarcoma UK and I'm like oh you know fantastic great we'll look at you know we'll obviously go over we'll look at yeah. flights and, and, and the more it went on I thought, well maybe I can do this too so yeah. I go to apply and and unfortunately I don't get in. They've they've oh, closed no. Sarcoma UK have, have closed their, oh, all their okay. applications. So we we've got you know and you from what I've been reading there's you know about half a million people try and get into the London Marathon mm-hmm. and I think there's you know less than a ten percent of that are, are get accepted. So I, I started doing some research, looking at different charities, find out this would be the best way to get in. Uh, there's a lot of charities that, that have places for the marathon. But I also wanted something that would sort of resonate with me. You know, if I'm going to do this and, and I'm going to run, obviously, Sarcoma UK would have been my first choice with, with family involvement in that. But I eventually found a charity called Get Kids Going. It's, it's about disabled kids getting into sport in, in England. And I spoke to the charity and, and they had places available. And, and so that's how I got in, I guess. And, and, you know, I talked about, actually talked about in my application, Charleston Soccer Club, having kids myself, wanting to do something that would uh, help kids that are, you know, less fortunate than my two. And, and it seems like a good fit. So, you know, we, we both 
both Michelle and I have pledged to raise in the region of £2,000, around about $2,200, um, and, and we, we certainly will, so one way oh, yeah. or another. So we're, we're excited and, and in the middle of training right now, the early stages of training and, mm-hmm. and uh, looking forward to April the 21st. Yeah, so it kind of started with, you grew up around it, you remember seeing it, but then your girlfriend was like, oh, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And you were like, oh, well, maybe I'll be a spectator. And then you were like, oh, maybe I'll. Absolutely. And yeah. here we are. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I'd make a very good spectator. I think I wanted <laughs> to be part of it. So yes, I've, I've, done, I've been yeah. the spectator already. So, yeah. yeah. So has she done this marathon before? She hasn't. She's run the Charleston, uh, she's run a marathon in Charleston, the Kiowa, Kiowa Marathon. Oh, okay. We both did the half marathon last year. Okay. So so she's run that one probably about 10 years ago, but she, yeah. she'll be well ahead of me in the in the race. So there's no doubt about that. But but I'm, I'm, <laughs> we're not trying to yeah. beat each other, but I just want to complete it. Yeah. <laughs> complete it, stand, not die at the finish line, like walk on your two feet and not on all Absolutely. fours. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So have you done a marathon before? I haven't. No, I've run two halves. I, I suppose I've enjoyed, I think we started, so that came about the first half marathon was, it was 2018. I was the president of the Charleston Battery at the time. And uh, we had a, a girl in our office, a, a lady called Poppy Miller, who is now on TV, uh, uh, presents the Champions League and Serie A for CBS. And she comes in the office one day and says, Mike, I'm going to do a half, a few of us are doing the half marathon, you should do it. Right? So this is about a month before the half marathon. I said, no, it's no chance, no way, I can't yeah. do it, I'm not going to, a month to do that. Before. Yeah. And she said, no, no, come on, we're doing it, Everyone, everyone's doing it. And, and anyway, long story short, I did it. We okay. trained for about four weeks. Oh, jeez. I was dead for the, you yeah. know, I was, I think my whole <laughs> immune system quit on me for the next three, four weeks. And I was literally never again. So, oh, no. so that was kind of my, my. My introduction to marathon running, half marathon running, whatever you, whatever it is. But then got more into it again and, and, and found a reason, you know, it, it helped me stay healthy, I guess. I, I do, you know, I'm, I'm conscious of, you know, I grew up playing soccer, you know, two, three times a week, moving every day. Yeah, moving all the time. And, and then when you, that goes, you know, I tried some, you know, adult leagues and we're living in America, but then you get silly injuries and then it stops you from doing that. So, it really wasn't an outlet for me anymore, but 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 the running I find helps me stay in shape, helps me stay healthy, um, and and uh, so this is you know obviously now the training is is really taking over my life to a degree, yeah. uh, um, but but it, but certainly enjoy it so far. Yeah, so you've you've done the thing before where you sign up really last minute, and you only have a few weeks. Yeah, I would never advise doing that. Yeah, yeah and I, no. I'll still blame Poppy for that. But I, I saw <laughs> her a few weeks fault. ago, yeah. and yeah. <laughs> so, so you're trying to do it a little bit different this yes, time. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So when did you start? When did you when did you sign up? Uh, I think it was October, end of October. You know, because I was applying, I just started doing some running anyway. I was doing like two miles twice a week, so just mm-hmm. just to you know. Nothing too serious, but so end of October, I remember the day I got the yes, you're in, and I spoke to him, I think I ran the quickest two miles I've ever ran because I was excited and, yeah. and uh, just wanted, you know, yeah, very happy about it. So, yeah. so yeah, probably, so now we're, we're looking at, you know, two months into it, just over, t- just under two months into it, and obviously with a, with four months to go. Yeah. So one one month for a half didn't go well, but now we have like six months <laughs> yeah, for a yes, full. So yes. there's there's more time. I don't, I don't, more obviously, time. You, you learn by your mistakes, and, yeah. and that was the per- you know if I'm going to do this, going to prepare right. This I feel like this could be my one and done, but who <laughs> knows? But but that if, if I'm going to do it, I want to enjoy it, and I want to enjoy the rest of the day after I finish the marathon, yeah. and not and the month after and, too. And, yeah, right? exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'd love to know a little bit more about the charities involved, and then also kind of what you're doing to fundraise yeah, for those. Yeah, no, absolutely. So so I mentioned, obviously, sarcoma and, and my family connection there with, with, with Sophie Fuller, who, who's my cousin, and then the Get Kids Going. Well, one of the, the, the big things, so, we, so we've been, Michelle and I have been talking about this, and, and I have uh, 
obviously my links to the Charleston battery, I'll back up a little bit. So the battery, as some people listening to this may well know, had a fantastic stadium here in on Daniel Island for 20-something years. I was fortunate enough to work there for three years. It had a unbelievable pub, the Three Lions pub, that was decked out in, in some of the most amazing memorabilia I've ever seen. And, and I'd worked at the Football Association in England. I'd worked at the English Premier League. I'd been fortunate to go to a number of football clubs in the, in the director's areas, but never seen a memorabilia collection like this. How did we get all that? It was, so it, it, it dates back to the founder of the club, Tony Backer, who uh, he, he, he literally sent people out to auctions in England and, and got you know numerous, I've seen quite a bit of the paperwork that was involved in it and just built the collection over time. And, and, and the pub, I, mean, I remember the first month I worked at the Battery, I think I'd spend most of my lunch breaks just yeah. wandering around, reading everything, and, and, and really intrigued by what was on the walls. When the, when the stadium was sold and, and you know, eventually demolished, pre, pre, pre it being demolished, the, the, it was like what, what to be done, obviously, with the, the items. And they went out, there was an auction. Uh, there were some big ticket items in there that, that obviously were sold, and, you know, collectors from around the world, I think, you know, mm. was, was no, you know, got interest in it like what kind of uh there was um a shirt a player called nat lofthouse played for england in the 1950s there was one of his shirts hanging on the wall everything was framed and you know real Mm -hmm. really well put together so it was one of his shirts on there there was uh, another england player gary lineker he was the top goal scorer in the 1986 world cup there was his final england shirts he's at the shirt he wore in his last game for england that was part of it there was, uh, you know, there was stuff signed by Real Madrid. There was stuff signed by, you know, every, everyone in Brazil shirt from the 2002 World Cup. Oh, so not even just English Premier League. No, it was a lot of global stuff. There was, you know, there, there was football boots from Cafu, the World Cup captain of Brazil, Rivaldo. There were signed footballs. Uh, so, yeah. so it was incredible. It was an incredible collection. And I, as, as the president of the club at the time, you know, I was liaising with the, the auction company, you know, to, to make sure that everything was detailed, everything was... Mm-hmm as much as we could in the short period of time we had before the stadium was was done and finished to get that out. So there was about 700 items, Hannah, that, that was in the in the auction in Oof. total. I actually bought some myself for my own, you know, for my personal... <laughs> Got a little uh, personal discount but, but there. It, but it was, it was, no, actually, I went through the auction, to be honest. So, so I did it all legitimately and, and, uh, and, and, and went that way. But there were some items left over and, and, you know, not everything sold in a short period of time for, for whatever reason. It was actually just before COVID. Yeah. And I said, look, if, if you know, I'd rather not do something with them than, than have them thrown out. And, and I, I made a deal to say, look, whatever's left, you know, I'll pay for the shipping to get it to my house. Oh, no. And I now have about 120 <laughs> items in, in, in my garage that, that have now gathered dust. Michelle has just said, these need to go. <laughs> right. So... So, and I've, I've listed them out, I've got them in front of me here, and, and there's probably about 60 shirts uh, signed. You know, there's certainly not the, the top end, of this. there's no England shirts, there's no this, but the, I'm, some of the clubs on here, Peterborough United, Northampton Town, Darlington. But, but the one that, you know, we were talking earlier, the one that was interesting this morning, that probably wasn't interesting three years ago when I got this stuff, there's a Wrexham shirt in there from 99-2000, which I think if this auction was to happen tomorrow, that would be one of the shirts oh, that would yeah. go. So. For, for obvious reasons so yeah it, it's you know I, I'm it, it was a part of the club it was it was interesting I, I think people will be interested in in some of the items that are on here and and all the proceeds we're going to put towards the charities that we're running for we're also going to add a third charity uh, leukemia society uh, and there's a personal story to that, that that both Michelle and I Michelle was a coach with Charleston Soccer Club um, some years ago now and, and as I said before I was as well 
And we both had kids in uh, in our teams, for, you know, as, as a complete coincidence that that had leukemia, uh, both now uh, re- recovering and, and through it. So we'd like to put some of the proceeds to to, to help their, you know, to, to to again kids not as fortunate as, as as the kids that you know I have, and certainly the majority of the kids that are in our club, um, and put that money, you know, certainly the money that we sell these items through will, will go to that third of the that will go to that the the thirds, the other two thirds will go to the charities that we're running for. So. Hopefully there'll be some good comes out of it. I get some garage space back, um, and, and people, happy. yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's no way I can put sixty shirts up and down my walls of my house. Oh so my gosh, no. just, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I could charge people to come and look at it, but yeah, but, you can but have that, like a little museum. Maybe that's for another time. But. Yeah, the Wrexham shirt. Yeah, I think it's so funny. A few years ago, like wasn't on the map at all. Yeah. And you should call Ryan Reynolds himself and see if he wants to buy it. Well, you never know. Maybe he'd like to contribute to the to the uh, yeah. the charities that we're running for. But but yeah, I, I, it's it's amazing where that where that's gone, and that's what a lot of, a lot of people want to talk about. Is you know when you particularly when you you tell people in, in this country that that you're in, involved in soccer, you know, Wrexham often comes mm-hmm. up in the conversation. And in fact, you know, I know one of the things we spoke about the last time we were here was that we took the boys' group to England from Charleston Soccer Club this year, and we had a fantastic time. And and I've number of people have asked me well can we do this with our club and and so there's mm. a there's you know there's another company i'm involved with pro 11 sports but the club that a lot of people want to go to is wrexham now yeah. and, and i do have a great connection at wrexham and oh, the, wow. that I, i'm able to there's a, there's a group um, a club out of tennessee that we're we're talking about putting a tour together and, and part of the deal is that we'll go we'll spend a couple of days at wrexham oh, so cool. which again three four years ago I, i've been to wrexham and no offense to wrexham yeah. it's not it's not on the top of your list when yeah. you're going to to the uk for for soccer but but it is now oh <laughs> so, for sure yeah, yeah. yeah that just what a little bit of good pr will exactly. do for you right exactly yeah. yeah i bet when you when people talk about soccer who don't know that much and i am one of them wrexham and ted lasso that's probably <laughs> what yes. they talk yes. about right yeah no for sure no it's, yeah it's, and and i think you know growing the game we, we those things have become important fifa the, the fifa mm-hmm. game was the other one that, that you know certainly in my time living in america has changed you know, kids getting into the game, they know all the players because they're playing FIFA. So, yeah, so wh- whatever it takes, I suppose, in in, yeah. in in the industry you're in. Yeah, it's kind of cool to see how big you know soccer has become because of things like you know the documentary and Ted Lasso and the game, the FIFA game. Like, because I think what is the uh, what is the football version? It's like it starts with an M. I'm a- uh, yeah, Joe Madden. Uh, Madden. Uh, Madden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and like probably obviously, not, it's probably not Joe Madden. I've made myself sound Madden, like a fool. But you yeah. got the Madden <laughs> part, and that's huge. And like football here is huge. And so now we're starting to see, you know, like of course Elliot is is very into soccer. Uh, unfortunately, an interesting team choice. But I feel like so many more people now. Like when I was younger, I was like, "What do you mean, like English Premier League soccer? Like who really cares?" And just like soccer in general in the United States, it was something that you played. Mm-hmm. It wasn't as popular to be something that you watch. Right. But now like it's one of the most fun sports to watch. Yeah. You know, it's it's such a great time. And like, I think it's so cool that you're bringing all of these kids and doing all these tours and, and bringing them over there and giving them like kind of a once in a lifetime experience. Yeah, no, we, uh, I think NBC has, has, has played a huge part in mm. that and the coverage that they, they have of the Premier League. Um, and then, you know, you mentioned the, the tours and, and um, we're taking the girls group, first time we're taking the girls group oh, to nice. England this time. Yeah. We're going to go to, they're going to go into West Ham uh, and, and the, the women's game in England is, is night and day since I left. Uh, England are now European champions. Mm-hmm. I was fortunate enough to go to the game when they won the European championship at Wembley, took my daughter. 
Uh, it was oh. unbelievable. It's, you know, 80,000 people in the stadium. I think it was maybe 90,000 oh, in the stadium. Man. And it was incredible. And and the, the women's game, you know, we, we've had that in this country for many years and, and have been the flag bearers for the women's game. But Europe now is it's getting up there. So we're taking a group of girls to, to from Charleston Soccer Club to England. They're going to train and play at West Ham, train and play at Fulham. We're going up to Manchester. We're going to watch Manchester United against Everton. Uh, oh. Women play in Old Trafford in the stadium. And they're going to be guests of, of Manchester United to train there, play yeah. against their team. And I think, again, another fantastic experience. Oh, and then yeah. At the same time, we're actually taking the boys to Italy. That's on, on a similar, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, so they're getting that experience this time around. We're going to go to AC Milan with Christian Pulisic playing. Oh, the, uh, so, oh wow. Yeah. Um, Everyone knows that. Name. Yeah. yeah. So, so I think, it, it, again, it's not just about England. They happen to be from England, but yeah. the, you know, the, the global game and, and where can we get experiences and a former colleague of mine from from England, English Premier League days, spent five years working in Italy, so he's helped to set this up. Uh, yeah. He was the commercial director for a Serie A club there, so that's kind of one of the links. And sometimes it's not what you know, but who you know to yeah. get to get these Definitely. opportunities. So yeah, yeah, we uh, I think we're working with one of the kids that's going to Italy. Okay, and he was just like bragging about it he was like oh yeah on spring break i'm going to italy and i'm gonna be a pro soccer player one day he was like i'm gonna drop out of school and start training and we were like well maybe you should like stay that's, in school. maybe that's not the message we want to be delivering but but yes i'm glad he's looking no, forward to he it. was he was just being funny yeah, yeah. so back to this list tell me a few of the items that you are the most excited about well, there's, I'm looking at a lot of items here. There are a lot of items. So, um, you know, there's, as I said, the Wrexham shirt is interesting. So these, so, so anyone that's been in the old stadium, there was 92 shirts up and down the, the staircases. Mm. So as you came in and then if you was to go out the far end of the, of the pub, which not many people did, but the, the, the shirts went on there. So that was uh, from 99, 2000, I think that the year that the stadium was built, that was every team, every professional club in England, shirt from every club in England. Oh, wow. And they were in the order of they, how they finished that season. Oh, okay. Actually, the first shirt was an England national team shirt. Then it went Arsenal, Man United, or I think whichever mm-hmm. one won it. Arsenal, Man United, Liverpool, et cetera, et cetera. And then you came to the last club. And there's Wrexham. Uh, and Wrexham <laughs> were tw- in, in, certainly in the back staircase. So yeah. there's a lot of those there. But there are some clubs that, that um, you know, quite big clubs from that group that, that didn't get sold the first time round. There's Everton, uh, Southampton, Derby County. Uh, Charlton Athletic, I'm looking at Wrexham, we mentioned. Leighton Orient, it's a, a club that very close to where I grew up, that also uh, owned by a guy that owns the Dunkin' Donuts in America. Oh, so, wow. Uh, so that's an interest. He's, he's from England originally, but he, he lives he, he lives in New England now. But um, And then looking at, there's a Jamaican national team shirt that's in there. There's team photos, Tampa Bay Mutiny. Um, there's cup final programs, so a whole lot of various different sets of scarves. There's a number of, there's quite a few framed scarves. Mm-hmm. People remember that from going into the old Battery Stadium. There's a New York Power Women's WUSA Women's Team jersey. They played at the stadium in in 2002, so there's a same shirt by them. Iceland Women's Team jersey again, another team that played at uh, the stadium in 2003. Oh wow! So so a whole range of stuff that that you know hopefully will will be of interest to to you know Charleston based soccer fans. Um, well, and beyond potentially. Happy to ship, but but the shipping yeah. is it can be quite expensive. <laughs> Oof, I, again, yeah. I went through that a little bit the first time round, and and uh, otherwise but, it's pick up at your people garage. People wish to yeah, people wish to pay for shipping <laughs> they can, or, or you know maybe we'll do something through the Charleston Battery as well. So you know the, with their uh, games coming, yeah. their season starting again in in March. You know we, I'd be happy to bring some stuff out to the stadium if if people want to have a piece of the old stadium. Yeah. It's like the best garage sale ever. Yes. Yeah, know? yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Probably a yeah. little bit more than like 50 cents to a dollar. Sure. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. 
So how can people get involved? How can people start to look at these items and purchase? Well, we'll put some links. Uh, we'll do a page on the Charleston Soccer Club website. Uh, we'll, we'll link it in there. Both Michelle and I have, have fundraising pages that we, obviously is, is part of the, the deal of getting into the marathon and, and set up by those those charities that, that we are running for. So there's a direct hit there. And, and then we'll just figure out the best way of um, maybe we'll put 10 items up a week or we'll do an auction for the Wrexham one or yeah. something along those lines. But certainly through Charleston Soccer Club, chssoccerclub.com is, is where you'll, there'll be the access to do it. And, and obviously all our social media will, will be putting out through that as well. And yeah. hopefully made to move as well. Definitely, uh, yeah. Thank you. I was thinking, how many items do you have? There's about 120 on there. I mean, yeah, if you post one every single day, like you have your content That's strategy it. figured it. out. Absolutely, for yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking, yeah. We might lose people's interest though after 105 goes yeah, up Yeah, you can make a new page. It's yeah. like just selling this stuff. Yes. Tell Dan to get yeah, on it. I will. Yeah. So is there any is there anything else kind of like what does your life look like between now and April 21st in terms of this marathon? Well, obviously the training, Hannah, and that was one of the reasons, you know, of, of getting co- contact with yourselves and made to move. And, and, you know, am I doing, I suppose it was, you know, being a novice at, at marathon running, uh, you know, and, and being the age I am. But I think I met with the doctor first. So am I, <laughs> am I healthy enough to do this? Um, because, uh, you know, that, that's obviously important. Uh, and then how do I get to a point, a point where I can, you know, on the day be comfortable that I'm going to complete it? comfortable that I'm going to enjoy it and and suppose you know all the things that lead up to that so uh I'm running three times a week right now um you know you and I sat down and went through the the schedule the crash course yeah what what I've got going on and I think nutrition's an important part of that as as you know we hear all this and uh you know being involved in 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 soccer and young players and and what the importance of that so no different to Mm -hmm. myself now and and uh, you you are you know you fuel your body and and etc and all that sort of stuff so um, it's trying to eat the right things or going back to England for Christmas. And that's a concern right now because the only right things won't be eaten, but maybe I can, it's going to be in April. So I hope I've got yeah. plenty of recovery you fuel time. fuel up so, and, and yeah, come back yeah, yeah, and start exactly. training again. So, um, and then, you know, with yourself and learning how to strength train Hannah, which yeah. I'd, I'd never, you know, it, certainly growing up in England, it wasn't something we, we did. It's, I think it's more of a, an American focus mm. for sport. Um, and I think more so now in England now, you know, the access yeah. to, to more, more things like that, um, you know, particularly in the academies, obviously at the professional clubs. But no, there's something I'd never, never really learned how to do properly. So I was very gracious of made to move yeah. and, and and what you did, and and uh, and now adding that into my training program twice a week and um, enjoying it, to be honest. Yeah, 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 yeah. And how's your training partner doing? She's doing great, Daisy. Yeah. So she <laughs> she was uh, very reluctant to get filmed. She, I, 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 I sent you. Oh, you might. Yeah. So, but but yeah, she films me, and obviously we'll send you what we're doing and. And she's enjoying it, so she wants to do it as yeah, well. That's uh, fun. I think my son's a little bit too cool for it right now. He's a, <laughs> but he, he refused. But How old is he? 13? He's thirteen. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but she's Daisy's all about it. So, which is she's which is ten. The, yeah, yeah. It's like ten-year-old girls are the best, man, because they 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 think you're cool. They want to spend time with you. <laughs> but as soon as they're like. 12 or 13, she's... Oh, know. I know that's about to change. I'm going to enjoy it while, while it And lasts. then once she's like 19 <laughs> again, Come like she'll... Round. Yeah, exactly. There's just like a few rough years in there, speaking sure. from personal experience. <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, a lot of people don't realize everything that goes into running a race mm-hmm. like this. Because like a 5K on the weekend, like most people can, you know, kind of get away with it. Yeah. Maybe they didn't do it perfectly. Maybe they, you know, are dealing with something, whatever. But, and then a half, I feel like... Halves are definitely popular, but a full marathon, you know, if you take that on, you 
want to do well. Yes. You want to enjoy yeah. it. Yes. You want to not you yeah. know, suffer the whole time. And I think a lot of people just think about the training as in the running. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, I just need to get up to 26 miles. And they don't think about the the nutrition beforehand, the nutrition, you know, the couple days before, the nutrition during, which is like a whole other topic. You know, there's people whose job is is just running nutrition. And then they definitely don't think about maybe like how to scale up your training. And now more than ever, runners are starting to learn the benefits of I say strength training, but I think runners are like, why do I need to be strong? So like resistance training, whatever we want to call it. Um, And a lot of, it's cool to see a lot of like runners and endurance athletes, triathletes starting to incorporate these things that not only helps with performance, but then also helps from an injury standpoint Mm -hmm. and to, to avoid injuries and to make, again, it's all about, especially I know your goal was I want to finish and I want to enjoy it. Mm -hmm. There's not this pressure of like, I have this certain crazy time and I, right. I want a PR, like yeah, I'm trying to yeah. beat this person. Yeah. It's like, you want this to be a positive experience. Yes, absolutely. And so then maybe, you know, you would do it again, or maybe your daughter gets into yeah. it. And um, I think it's so important for people to do the right thing so that you have a positive experience versus like your first one right. was a negative experience yeah. and like could have completely turned you off from ever running, doing a race again. And unfortunately, that's what we see a lot is people will do, I don't know, their first CrossFit competition or their first race. And because they don't train for it, it ends up being really, really bad. And so then they just never do it again. And then they stop training and it it puts them, you know, down this downhill where they they don't ever want to do it again. Right, right. Um, So I think it's so great that you're you know, you came to me with like this notebook and you were ferociously <laughs> taking down notes right, and yeah. and you've actually like yeah. done the things that we talked yes. about. Um, and so you're, you're really taking this seriously. And I think that that'll benefit you. Yeah. And, and it might not be one and done. I'm not, but, but I think, you know, if, if anything else, hopefully it puts some good habits in terms of nutrition, yeah. you know, maybe I, hopefully I'll continue to run regardless whether it's for a, a, the London marathon or whatever it is, but, but, you know, certainly maintain a, a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. Or, or a better healthy lifestyle, I suppose. And it's kind of a new cool skill to be able to talk to your players about. Right. It's like a little bit of that clout, right? Of yes. Just like I've done this hard thing. Yeah. Like I know how to, I mean, of course, like you have that with soccer, but you mentioned before a lot of athletes, especially like if they don't go to the pros, right? They get out of college and they're like, what do I do now for, right. for exercise? Right. Because they've always just done their sport. And then, you know, we unfortunately see a lot of people that, that do rec leagues they don't practice, they don't really play that much. And then they play like once a week on this like really crappy field and then they get injured. And I think there's a lot of struggle. I know like talking to some athletes, like after college, they're like kind of trying to find themselves again. And of course, a lot of soccer players love and they're probably really good at running. Mm -hmm. And so that can kind of be like a natural segue into running. And so I think it's a a great thing for you to be doing to help your you know, future players and also just to be able to experience the training yourself and experience like the nutrition and everything that goes into it. And just to be a role model for these kids that like you have this thing that you're taking so seriously that that's how they should treat their tournaments. Yes. You know, yeah. yeah. like you're getting all the sleep, you're doing all the nutrition, like, you know, times have changed. And I, I know we talked about it in the last podcast and I've, I've seen it firsthand how much you are trying to improve 
and educate the players on just health in general and kind of like no pun intended, but playing the long game and resting and eating the right things versus, you know, when I was in volleyball, we would just, who knows what we would eat. We wouldn't sleep the night before. Like we wouldn't really train. Um, So I think that there's such a positive impact that you can have on these players, whether they go continue to play or not. I I would agree with that because, you know, we we have, you talked, we talked about the start of this about Charleston soccer club and, and, and without, I suppose, writing it down or putting it, putting it down, it's it's those having worked, again, I'll bring Derek back into the conversation, having worked at those high levels, you have high standards. And, and yeah, we could just turn up and don't care what time, you know, you go, kids go to bed or what preparation we do, but that that's not a high standard. And, and I'd like to think that, you know, regardless, yeah, hopefully we get one or two kids that end up playing professional soccer in the future, but... Uh, I'd rather you know I'd rather have 100 percent of the kids have a healthy lifestyle beyond you know because that was the 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 practice that was put into place when I played for Charleston Soccer Club and that was you know kept being told me why and the reasons why you know why it's important to have a healthy lifestyle and and um, you know by bringing in people like yourselves and and to talk to the, our coaches our players I think we we want to continue doing things like that because you know. We're certainly like, like field maintenance. We're not the experts at that. So bringing people that know what they're talking about. Yeah, I think the the years. What's your what's like your youngest team? We have uh, under we, we we have a thing called a pre junior academy, which yeah. is, they're not a team. There's like five, six, seven year olds. That, yeah. uh, we have, we have a guy uh, Chris Jones up in the, in Somerville that does a great job with them. So yeah. so is that yes. soccer shots. It, 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 so we have soccer. We have a guy with soccer shots. We do we work with them as well. Yeah. Joey Gorman. Um, so they're the real little ones, yeah. but I suppose the youngest team would be our under eight, seven, eight year olds. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then, yeah. you know, all the way up to like 17, yes. 18. Yeah. Yeah. And thinking about probably like the bulk of it is that like 10 to 17. And like, those are just extremely formative years. Like, yes, of course, from like a, a discipline, a personality, a development, you know, physically and mentally, but then also like the habits that they are forming in terms of their health. And the the relationship they have with fitness and nutrition. You know, you see a, a lot of people, especially females, um, have a, a toxic experience with competitive sports, especially something like gymnastics or even like volleyball. And that can really shape, you know, their years from 20 on. And you think like, I mean, how many how many times a week do these kids practice? Three times a week. So they're with yeah. you all the yeah. time. Yeah. So it's almost like, I love what you're doing because like it's imperative that y'all raise the standard because you have such an impact mm-hmm. on these kids' lives and not just their their future, but their their quality of life now. Yes. And I, I think like sports play such a huge role, again, like whether you go and play in college or pro or not, in just like y- you developing as a person and as a human. And, and I'd, yeah, I agree with that. I think, you know, uh, being someone that's... <laughs> Interview. Obviously, I've worked in the sporting arena for for the majority of my career. But I even prior to, I think we, we probably mentioned this last time. I don't know if we did or not. I think we did. I worked at J.P. Morgan, and, and I remember going for interviews at eighteen years old. And, and you know, they asked, "Well, what do you do?" So if, as soon as you start mentioning sport and or I play, I do this, I do that. That 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 takes the the, the interview converse, whatever industry you go in, and and also you know, obviously in particular in this country, there's a it's a great sporting culture. And if you've done that and you've been part of that. It, it can often be open up the doors to, to a career yeah. because you haven't just, you know, obviously academics, are, of course, are, are very important. But if you've done something alongside that and whether that's 
you know, played for Charleston Soccer Club. I played for so many years, and uh, that, that that's I think provides you you're a part of a team. You know how to be in you know be in a team, perform in a team, mm-hmm. which is often important in the well, always normally important in the workplace, which yeah. whatever you do. Um, so yeah, person. I think those are all good attributes to have, and and you know we continue to hopefully raise better you know kids in this area via the sport of soccer. Yeah, love that. With your with your training and then just this marathon in general, what do you feel like is one of the biggest things you've learned so far? I think you know coming even coming to you the other week about you know uh, putting your body through stress and I might be getting some of these terms wrong, but I'm no, looking at yeah, 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 yeah. so um, and then the recovery period, which which I kind of thought was the right way. And, and for anyone looking to do marathons, you start you know I was googling stuff and you, you know I bought the book, running my first <laughs> marathon and suddenly that you start to find conflicting training plans and training programs and and uh and and it's very hard you know to think well how do i do this you know you know how what what's you know you you try and you know me in particular I try to do a lot of research on it and and uh figure out the best way but also knew i suppose through soccer recovery is important you know that that we don't yeah we're training these kids three times a week but but it's important to know you know if we've played on a sunday and i'm thinking about my son's under 14 team that and we'll train Monday. That session has got to be very light, and 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 even you know even for those you know kids can kids are very durable and non-stop sometimes. But we have to be aware of the stress we put on the body the day before. So no different to myself, and you know as I am getting older, and I've mentioned that once before that that it's important I have recovery time in between my runs, and 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 I think this you know from what you know the strength training will certainly help with that, and and uh, allow me to continue to keep going. I think that's. I think that's what I've learned the most right now. Yeah, and that's huge for sure. That's a that's something that you normally learn the hard way. Yes. Right. Yeah. 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 What is what do you feel like is the thing that you're most nervous about or anxious about? I think you're here again doing the research, talking to people, uh, seeing it firsthand. I suppose is is when the the phrase that comes up hit the wall and and you know mm. twenty miles my legs had gone and and yeah and so I I guess I'm a little bit nervous about how will I be you know I've never ran twenty miles before the most I've ever run is thirteen point mm-hmm. one so it's how will my body react at that point will I be able to finish will I or will I be hobbling over the line you know well what what you know I, I, of course I intend to finish but but it, that, that's that's the nervous piece you know how will my body react about twenty miles in. Yeah. Yeah. I hear a lot of people talking about that. And, but then you also hear a lot of people saying like, Oh, once you get to 20, you're, you're basically done. Yeah. It's all just so relative. And I've never, I've never personally experienced that. Not a huge distance runner myself, but I remember growing up, like one of our neighbors was a big marathon runner and, and she was like, yeah, like I trained up to 19 or 20. And I was like, what about that last seven, like seven miles? The unknown. Yeah, the unknown at that point. And she's like, you know, like at this point, it's basically like you're basically done because you've done so much of it. It's all so relative. And like if you can run 20, you can run 26. And I'm like, I don't know. I'll have to see for myself. <laughs> maybe. Maybe one day. I also know that the well, the one of the things I'm looking for is the crowds along the, the route mm-hmm. of the London Marathon. I remember that, you know, the... The cheering, the the encouragement, uh, the music—you know—it's oh, yeah. it's like a, a carnival atmosphere. So yeah. I'm excited. To, I'm looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, being in the the place where I grew up and, and running all you know for all the sights of London and that sort of thing. So I think, and that's towards the end of the course is is you hit Tower Bridge and you run down by Buckingham Palace and, oh, wow. and all that sort of stuff towards the end. So 
it's exciting. very exciting looking. I think there'll be an adrenaline buzz that would hopefully get me through the last bit if, if I'm struggling. Yeah, I'm sure that's very strategically planned. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. That's kind of yeah. fun. It's like a party. Yeah. You know, it's not like you're just running around Daniel right. Island. Right, right, yeah. yeah. Where are you doing your runs? Mostly Daniel Island at the moment. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we, we've talked about, you know, Michelle said we should get in the car one morning and go off, you know, yeah. go to somewhere different and, and get the whole process of getting up early in the morning to go somewhere to run. So, so mm. on, on that topic, when we're back in London next week, one of the mornings, we, I think Friday, we're going to get on the on the train, on the tube, because it's how we'll do it, and, and go oh, to wow. the start and just to figure out the time and how long it takes to get there. Yeah. And, um, so, and just have a look around. So, so it's yeah. not completely brand new when we when we do it in April. Yeah. Around the course, or maybe just part of the course. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we'll, yeah. <laughs> we'll get a taxi. Not the whole thing, yeah, for sure, yeah. What's something that you are like most looking forward to, most excited about? Just, just the atmosphere. I think the atmosphere. Um, you know, I've mentioned it. I haven't told everybody yet. It's sort of drip feeding it out. I'd yeah, tell people to, before this post. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I spoke to a couple of uh, close friends over there, and they said, "Oh, we'll definitely be at the finish line. We'll, we'll, we'll have a beer after." I said, "Well, let me see about that first. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. maybe oxygen before the beer, but." Yeah. Um, but no, I'm looking forward to family, friends and, and, and just the whole, you know, the atmosphere is, is really what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. I'm sure your whole, like everyone who lives there is going to come watch. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 No, yeah. It, it's it's going to be, and it's, it, it's live on TV in, in England as well. Oh you? yeah. Not that you'll, you'll be seeing the, 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 <laughs> the Olympic athletes rather than me and I won't be anywhere near them. They'll be finished by the time I've done about five miles yeah, probably. You never but, know. But, yeah. That's yeah. great. Yeah. So then... In order to donate and all those things, that's all going to be on the website. Yeah, right? on the website, we'll put the links on there. And I said we'll figure out the best way with with the uh, you know the the items from the stadium, um, and and yeah, like I said, hopefully that that gets some interest and, and we can hit our targets and and um, and you know do do some good through this as well. Yeah, love yeah. it. Yeah, a lot of a lot of positive impact. And I'd like to point out. This is Mike's first marathon, not his last. <laughs> I didn't say first and last, so we'll, we'll see where we go from here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Mike. I'm really excited for you. Thank you, Hannah. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Healthy Charleston podcast. All of those links to donate to the cause are in the show notes below. Otherwise, make sure you subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and have a great week.